In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and my podcast synthesoid is the one and only... My name is Travis Ratz. Travis Ratz with me on the podcast today. Ladies and gentlemen, you are tuning in to the fine podcast called Comic Exposure, where Travis Ratz and I, I being Josh Buckley, we do a comic book club. And it's like a book club, but with comics. And on this fateful episode you're listening in today, it is a episode where it's just Travis and I digging deep into a comic book. We don't have a guest today, uh, but we are reading The Vision. We're reading volume one. We read volume one and two of The Vision by Tom King with art by Gabriel Hernandez-Walta, Jordy Bel- the wonderful Jordy, Bel- Jordy Belair on colors, and then uh, we got uh, VC's Clayton Cowles on letters for this thing. Uh, but Tom King, the writer, Gabri- uh, Gabriel Hernandez-Walta, and Jordy Belair on color- colors for the, uh, much, the, the much-hyped The Vision for Marvel Comics. Volume 1 and Volume 2 are out. It's a complete set. It's done. The story started. It ended. And we are reading it all. Or we read it all. And Travis, let, you ready? Let's to, not you forget, ready to talk about? Let's this not forget Walsh on that beautiful number seven of these two volumes. Oh, yeah, man. There's just some. It is. We got a little fill in uh, on 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 issue seven. This, sir, I'm excited to talk about this book with you. I'm excited to talk about this book. And with I'd you. like to reemphasize that this is a fine podcast. It I is like a fine podcast. Describe describe that because it's not it's not a great one. It's not an outstanding one, but it is a fine one. No, I meant fine like a fine, like a fine wine. Oh, I thought you meant like fine, like oh, you so fine. Well, that too, like foin, like, like, salt, like salt and pepper foin. Yeah, like F O I N E mm-hmm. foin. That's what, that's what I believe we are. Fine podcast. I, that was weird. That was. I don't know what <laughs> you, you, went on that you were from New Hampshire. You were from Boston for a second. Yeah, I don't know what the foin podcast. Uh, so we're talking about this book today, Travis, and You've I wanted to do this for a long time. You've wanted to do I this have, book for I a long, long time. I wanted to do it once volume one came out, and then I was like, well, and then when in the midst of volume two, I found out that it was only going to be a two volume set, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to wait for, we'll just do the whole thing. We'll just read the whole thing. But it's hard to find a guest to read two volumes of a comic book with us. If they are not a comic book person. Right. right. It was going into this, and I kind of blame you for this, uh, because now having read both these volumes, I feel like this is, uh, I feel like we could have totally given it to a guest and they would have been engaged by it. And, and, uh, but you're asking, you know, that price point of two trades as opposed to one. But uh, like you, I'm always like, should we have them read two trades or an omnibus? And you don't want to put that burden on someone who hasn't, been exposed to comics uh but i think now having read this i think that we we could have done uh, a guest on this and had them survive but there's so much to talk about i don't want some noob coming in here with their shitty ideas <laughs> about comics and having to sit through a 15 minute conversation about their first i actually love that but i want to get <laughs> right into the book because there's so much going on in this book there is. There is a ton. So I had read it a while ago, and you just finished it, right? I just finished it uh, nigh but eight hours ago. <laughs> nigh but – so bef- before you went to bed last night. That's right. You you read a little – you finished up volume two of Vision. That's right. You tucked yourself in with, mm-hmm. with visions of uh, robotic sugar plums in your head. Very good, my friend. Yes, that's you, exactly what happened. You woke up this morning in Japan – I imagine that Ultraman woke you up, woke you up somehow. Mm-hmm. There was some sort of, you know, <laughs> some Sentai fighter woke you up this morning. Yep, that's every day. And, every day that and, happens. And now you're ready to talk about this book. And here's what I want to know. Here's what I want to know offhand. What did you expect coming into this thing? Like, I, I had heard a bunch of press about it. I'd listened to a bunch of people talk about how great it was. Uh, but I didn't read it in single issues. And I 
I kept hearing the hype about it, but I want to know what did you, what were your thoughts coming into reading this vision book? What were your thoughts on it? Well, I like you. I'd heard a lot of the hype about it, so I was aware of like the premise. You know, this is a really interesting superhero book, uh, and the best way to describe the. One of the the tones of it is domestic, right? So I knew yeah. it was like a domestic take on vision, uh, and that was about it. I'd heard really good things about it. I heard that it was done really well. Um, you know, Tom King's been getting a lot of hype this past year and a half, uh, and so I knew that it. W- people were saying really good things about it, and I knew that the general premise was like vision goes domestic. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. So were you, let me ask you, were you excited to read this or you're like, I no, don't give a shit about I vision, not. vision at not. all? Okay. I was not. <laughs> uh, the only thing that made me excited was after reading uh, Sheriff of uh, uh, Baghdad. Uh, Babylon. Babylon, sorry. Ba- yeah, Babylon. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was excited knowing that I could get in and read another Tom King book, but I could up to this point, I could give a shit about the character Vision. I never really liked the character. I'm not a big android character fan. Um, I find that they're usually used as plot devices or, you know, omnipresent, you know, fixes to situations because their power base is so broad uh, that I never really, really liked the character Vision. Didn't really know much about Vision. So what, what did you know about Vision coming into this? Not a whole lot, except dude looks good in a cardigan on the uh, on that on that Avengers movie. You know I what I mean? I love like, that Aerosmith song. <laughs> dude looks good in cardigans. It's a great song. I just know that you know. I I just remember seeing Vision pop up, and and you know my my comic book love in the '90s was very image centric, right? Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't image, it was Spider Man, Punisher, and Wolverine. So like my Marvel knowledge when I was reading comics as a kid didn't really involve the Avengers and involved some X-Men stuff, but, but not a ton of stuff. It's not like I was like hunting down West coast Avengers issues so I could read about vision. Um, so I don't know a lot about him. I mean, I thought, you know, as a character, he was interesting in the, in the, um, in the Avengers movie, right. You got to kind of see him be created in, in, uh, in age of Ultron. And, uh, you know, you saw him. You know, saw him in Captain America Winter. So, uh, Captain America. Um, what was it? What was the last one that came out? A Civil War. Civil War. There we go. That's the word. And Civil War. And he's an interesting character. I, th- I think the idea of this sort of again, you get this thing with with Cap gets to be a fish out of water in his way because of the time travel, right? Right. Uh, Thor gets to be a fish out of water because he's from Asgard. But then Vision gets to be a fish out of water because he's a robot, right? So there's all these sorts of, like, fish out of water tales that you can tell with these characters. Um, but I had heard so much good stuff about this. And the one thing that I had heard about this book was it is, uh, like, Marvel meets uh, American Beauty. Mm, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> and a good so way I was to like, describe it, yeah. I was like, okay, I'm in. I'll read it. And, you know, I after reading Sheriff of Babylon... Uh, and you know, I've been reading the current run on Batman with, with Tom King. And I think Tom King's a really good writer. And I was like, you know what? I really want to read this. And so I'm glad we got to talk about it. So you can I add not... something else into the mix. Yeah. I think there's just yeah. a touch, a touch of a little known movie in the nineties with Macaulay Culkin called the good son. Remember oh, that a movie? little bit of that too. Yeah yeah. 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 It's very, there's, so this is probably, We've read some superhero tales on here. Not a, I mean, we we shy, we steer indie most of the time, yeah. right? We we don't read a lot of a lot of like superhero capes and spandex stuff. Oh I my mean, god, we need that on our next comic exposure shirt. Like we steer indie. <laughs> That's good. I like that. So we we don't normally read a lot of superhero stuff. So it's not like we just finished reading, you know, the latest run of the Avengers or or anything like that. I mean, we've read some old Batman and and you know some Batman tales and a little Daredevil and we've sprinkled in some stuff. Um, but I was really interested to find out what, what's the take on this on this cape story, right? What what's the tape on this sort of spandex and, and cape kind of story uh, and I was just super intrigued. This is an incredibly, incredibly dark story, right? Yeah. <laughs> like I, incre- at, at, at points, 
Oh, go ahead. Finish your thought. And no, it's just, it is it is utterly bleak yeah. at points in this mm-hmm. book, but like delightfully bleak. If that makes any sense, like it's. Have you seen? You remember yeah, the the what's the movie? Uh, it's a book first. That the the it's not. Is it the snowstorm? That's not what it's called. Is the that ice what it's storm. called? The ice storm. The yeah. ice storm. I was gonna say this exact same thing. It is very much ice storm. It's very much that sort of like wow, this shit's heavy. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so let me just let me ask you a let's a broad question. Is this at all what you expected when you picked up a book? And the cover of Vision is like him and the family smiling, like going through Norman, the wall. Norman Rockwell, <laughs> very Norman yeah, Rockwell as cover. Yeah, I. You know, is this what you expected? I from 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 what you've kind of hinted at, I did have a a good sense that this was kind of. I mean, you told me before I read it, it's like American Beauty uh, meets like superheroes, and that's a really apropos description of this book. And so I. That hit the tone, like, immediately yeah. for me. So I kind of knew, like, to expect the unexpected. But what I didn't expect is how bleak they got. Um, oh, and, shit. <laughs> and I think, like, I don't know if... I think you have to... By by picking a character like Vision, Vision is a big, big face for the Avengers, right? He's... Yeah. I mean, most people now can see Vision. They're like, maybe they're like, oh, I know Spider-Man, Punisher, Batman... I think that's Vision, and 80% of the people will get it right. But by using a character like this, where the the property isn't as precious to the company, yeah, you yeah. can take a well-known character and do really dark things with them that they did in this book. Like you, I don't know if you could do this with Cap. Well, Marvel always seems to be a little bit more loosey-goosey with taking their characters dark. Uh, I mean, like, immoral almost as opposed to like i don't know if they would do this with superman or martian manhunter or if dc would do something like this but i think well, by the I, fact that uh taking that that recognizable superhero and then not being afraid the company not being afraid to let the writer take him to such dark places was really cool and interesting to see yeah it's it's like you know Marvel's been allowing some of these like sort of B list or C list characters kind of have their own corner of mm-hmm. Marvel you know what I mean like so Hawkeye and stuff we've yeah, talked about yeah before, like yeah. the the Hawkeye book that we read you know uh Fractions Black, Hawkeye kind Black of as Black Widow little, yeah Black Widow um even they've let some silly stuff happen so like Squirrel Girl's little corner of Marvel you know they've they've kind of had some of these lower tier characters that they've just been able to kind of tell some really interesting stories with. Um, but like going, I mean, having known with, you know, having a little bit of like idea of what this was about before I read it, I had no idea how incredibly tragic this tale would be. Right. Like just tragedy. Well, there's so much, there's so much to talk about this book, but one of the things, I mean, Tom King just puts layers and layers and layers into this story. I mean, this oh, yeah. is, it's such, it's a small, quaint story in some ways, but it sits on just, like, I thought so much about life. Like, like this is, as someone, I'm not to the midlife crisis yet, I don't think. Maybe I, maybe I am, maybe that's why I'm in Japan. <laughs> um, but, it's so much of what Vision's going through in his life. Uh, and I kept thinking about you uh, in this, you know, as being a family man. And then some of the things he makes about family and, like, sacrifice and the routine of it. Um, I mean, that had to hit home close for you in, in some ways. But I think by having it be an android who is essentially not the most emoting of characters yeah you don't have to do the setup of like this is how this guy got that way you don't have to do like the american beauty like well this is a midlife crisis no by having the character be an android you can immediately throw the family in a situation where it seems kind of humdrum and loveless and routine i mean i guess these are debatable but do you get where i'm uh, where i'm coming from yeah. with this yeah well you know you don't have to like you find vision so to give like a, a quick synopsis of what we see we how it starts off is 
we see Vision trying to build a family. He is literally built a family to kind of go live in the suburbs of Washington, D.C., right? Right. And, and, and raise this family. And so he's built a wife, a son, and a daughter to kind of live this suburban yeah, life. And very... it literally... Yeah. <laughs> and it, it literally starts off with, like, his neighbors bringing him cookies, right? <laughs> and all manner of things that could go wrong go wrong, right? Like, you kind of see, like, you cannot create perfection. Is essentially, I think... If there's if there's anything that this boils down to, right, is that you, you you can't create or expect perfection in your life. Correct. That is and, that is one of the major themes in this book. And that is what Vision is trying to do. He is trying to create this sort of perfect life for himself. And at every turn, because because he has sort of like he's been doing this for a while. And because he has sort of like Wonder Man's sort of like background in him, he's a little more used to reality than what he's created, right? Right. And so his wife and his children are absolutely not ready for real life, right? Yeah, he, they has, are to, utter- he has to teach them. He's like constantly yeah. teaching them. And they are utterly confused by things they face, and it destroys them, and it destroys everything in this book and there are some just gut-wrenching parts but there are also some some oddly beautiful and poignant pieces in this book okay it so is... let's, let's 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 talk about uh some of the let's start with the poignant pieces first uh some reoccurring i mean he brings back he circles back the things that you thought were small two of the uh big things being the um are we gonna how spoiler are we getting with this Let's I we can spoil the hell out of it. Whatever. Okay. I mean, you know, you know the, what? the water vase and the um uh one Wanda Gore Everbloom. Yeah, the flower. You know? And we use he uses that as like plot devices, but he also there's a beautiful way in the first book of talking about um the metaphor of the vase. Why would someone make a vase um, I'm gonna try. To, do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, actually, it's yeah, been a yeah. while since you read it, but um, there's just beautiful metaphor in there, and that's something that Tom King does so well is he takes these plot devices and then he pontificates on them in these really profound ways, these very beautiful <laughs> poetic ways with his narration bubbles. Uh, yeah, where you're just like, oh my god, that's so powerful. He doesn't he doesn't give you the answer. He doesn't like put it on the nose, but like it's smart. It's smart writing. Um. Where there are these several moments of these very poetic images, whether it be the water vase and using that as a metaphor to describe the visions and yeah. like what's the purpose of their creation? Why would someone create something like that? Uh, so what was something that you liked that you thought was um... there's there's a couple scenes. There's one where right, so he's in the cafeteria. It's in the first volume, and this boy comes to ask him about his sister right after after um vin's sister dies right after viv dies and he's asking you know he's like hey man what's your problem i'm just trying to get your sister's number so i can talk to her right so he's like trying to deal with his dead sister this robot trying to figure out feelings and then there's this there's this throughout this interaction there is this sort of discussion between Viv and Vin about how humans are not so different than uh, robots, right? And so he's like, uh, Viv disagreed with Vin's opinion, saying the difference between humans and synthesoids were not so great. She knows that humans have small nerve sensors in their neck located on the wall of their uh, choroided artery and goes through this whole thing about how all you have to do is press a button and a human shuts off just just like a robot does. And it's this very like throughout this book there are these very long sort of like soliloquies about stuff and they pay off so well like they there is just something i there's just this what the story he's telling in the narration is just so wonderful it goes so well there's like a scene where where uh uh agatha is eating a cat right yeah 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 and and it's just like uh, you know, most 
you know, uh, humans have kept pet, uh, not many cultures eat cats, but the few that do never eat the stomach. This is most likely due to the cat's historical place in the home, right? And so it's this very, like... And he blends very... that into the idea of, like, it has to be consumed twice. He's like, where is this going? Why is he talking about cat stomachs? And they talk about yeah. the idea of, like, it has to be consumed twice. Once in hunger and once in uh, murder. And you're yeah. like, oh, wow. Paid off. It's... Paid off. <laughs> Check, please. Every, every little thing pays off in this. And it's so... I don't know. Like, I can't explain it. It is... It is a deep, it is a damn deep book, man. It seriously is. Um, he tells so many little little vignettes as we go through this story, whether it's, you know, every character has an arc. And we talk about that a lot, like, as we're reading sort of single volumes that maybe we don't always get a character arc. And so we recently talked about the Goddamned. Right. And, and one of our issues with the Goddamned is there didn't seem to be in this first volume, not that there necessarily has to be in the first volume, but in five issues, there was not any big character arcs, mm. really. But in this, in this two volumes, every single character, every every part of the Vision's family goes through their own arc. Mm-hmm. And that is just some, some spot-on wonderful goddamn writing it's it just it just is yeah he really does a good job i mean he does a good these are all new characters the vision family is new characters we have no pre idea of who these characters are or you know what their relationship is to each other how they interact with the world so he's building all that from scratch and he's putting the poetics of you know writing things about like cat guts and water vases, yeah. <laughs> and at the same time seamlessly weaving in the history of Vision. Because I don't know, I know you know he's created by Ultron and to destroy the Avengers. Then he be you know kind of branched out on his own and, and became a good guy. Uh, and then he was involved with Scarlet. I knew that, but like he does a Tom King does a great job of weaving all that history in. A couple of times, you know, like yeah, the whole idea yeah. of Stanley, everyone's comic is someone's first comic or something like that. And so yeah, he, yeah. he does that. He allows for that without it, get, without it being too overbearing or forced in. And I needed it because I'm like, oh, yeah, because the whole idea of Vision is a creation of Ultron. Ultron is a creation of Hank Pym. Pym? Prim? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, his Vision's kids are a creation of him. It's his never ending cycle of gods, you know, um, or people playing gods. Uh, and you like you need that. You kind of need that to understand where Vision's coming from. Uh, and he does a great job of weaving that into what you were talking about. These these separate plot lines that each separate conflicts that each of these characters has to overcome. Yeah. And. There's like, you know, they're all dealing with this sort of stuff where, you know, there's the, you know, it's it kicks off with um, the reap like there's an argument and all of a sudden the Reaper shows up and kills the daughter. And in response, like um, the Vision's wife, Virginia, is that her name? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Virginia kills the Reaper in like a brutal way. Right. Uh huh. <laughs> Uh-huh. And she has, she has, you know, she lies about it to Vision, and buries him in the backyard. And there's like all of this continual deception as they all pretend to be normal, right? Right, right. And there's this this sort of like wonderful weirdness to it as they're all trying to be normal people, and everything just continues to go wrong, right? Like Vision's able to bring his daughter back, but even though he's been able to bring his daughter back. His wife is like broken because of what she did, right? Mm-hmm. Because of the because of the heinous action that she took, she's broken, and then so you see her continually struggle with this. When it turns into like she goes to confront that dad, right? And the dad ends up shooting his own son, and like all of this stuff builds on top of each other, and you see each of these characters really break in this, right? Like the the dog gets killed and then brought back to life. And then I, that was kind of the, that was, that was a pretty rad scene where you've got, um, it, the one issue start like halfway through an issue. It starts with vision, like cutting the brain out of the dog. Oh, I know. And like, and like, and like rebuilding the dog back. And 
And over top of that, you get this sort of like him talking to his wife about, you're right, everything you did was fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Your actions seem normal. And like behind this conversation of him telling her her actions seem normal is him removing his dog's brain (laughs) to put it into a robot dog, right? Like this is, it's so bizarre. And he plays with that quite a bit. Uh, well, King and uh, uh, Walter play with that quite a bit. The idea of what is being said is contrasted with the visuals of it, you know. Uh, yeah. It yeah. will be like a beautiful poetic description mixed with some horrific, um, you know, painting or, or picture or paneling or vice versa. And he does, they do a really good job of that. Uh, and I think that, that in, a, in a larger sense, you have the... Uh, domesticated suburban world, but we see that seedy underbelly, which isn't an original trope. Uh, uh, You know, that's been done before. That's something that's been mined before, that underneath this suburban sprawl, every uh, family has a story, and not all stories are happy, you know? Yeah, Um, yeah. But it's just, I don't think it's been told this way with a superhero quite as well as this before. No, it's it's sort of this really off-base superhero story, right? You wouldn't it's a very deconstructed. I mean, we see this sort of tale kind of told in some other books, you know, it, people talk about Watchmen being the deconstruction of the superhero, right? And that being yeah. creating this sort of genre where you deconstruct what it means to be a superhero. And this this runs with that sort of idea, right? Like you get to play in this area and show us that you know superheroes aren't exactly what you want them to be it's it i i'm just curious like marvel let him do this right yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. based on do you think it's just based off the back of uh sheriff of babylon i know i think he did i think he was writing this uh at the same same same-ish time Okay, and I think that's what got him. That's what got him. Batman is yeah. this sort of this sort of writing. I would say the only part of the story that I didn't love, the only part of the story I didn't really love, but it's a good. It plays the point, and and this is kind of the end of it. Is when his nephew comes, right? Mm-hmm. That all felt kind of. I don't know. It felt a little shoehorned in. Yeah, like you have to connect the Avengers, you know, to it, and then it was like. Well, what character do we have that's expendable that we can drop into this story, kill off, no one's going to miss, but is connected to the vision somehow? Yeah, but it paid off in the end. You know what I mean? Like the it paid off to have that character then be, you know, be expendable at the very end. Um, that was the only part where it felt a little. The that beginning of the second volume felt a little shoehorned in. Uh, actually, not even the beginning. I, the that issue by uh, by Walsh, um, I too shall be shaved, saved by love. Uh, episode seven, the very the kind of history of um, the vision. Yeah, that was a that was a great issue. That was my favorite art issue. It it was really good. When he talks to the twins and uh, Vision says, like, I'm a new Vision. Recently, my original body and my original operating system were destroyed. What you see before you is a new body and a new body. As such, though I contain the mechanical parts and memories associated with your father, I'm no longer your father. You're, you're a not my dick, children. Vision. <laughs> yeah, like, you're not, witch. <laughs> you're not my children. And you're not my wife. <laughs> and your mother is not my wife. And it was just this sort of, like, wow. You know what I mean? Um, and I... I love the play on that joke, how it starts with him telling that joke to Scarlet Witch in bed, right? And um, she thinks it's very funny. And then you see that he is literally just trying to create, recreate his past life with his with his wife, with the, with the one he's created. Who is endowed with some of the memories of Scarlet Witch yes. anyways, yeah. Yeah, and he tries to like tell the same joke in bed. You know, can we? And it's, I, yeah, go go, ahead. I want to. I want to talk. About, I want to sidetrack for a second and talk about the Vision and Scarlet Witch. <clears throat> These guys yeah. have you know been on and on, on and off again since like the '60s, right? Here's my thing: 
Scarlet Witch, she seems like a, a cool chick. She's a hot girl. What does she see in Vision? This guy seems like, after like hanging out with him for like half an hour, I'd be like, oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Like This is the most boring, boring guy in the universe. Like even his pillow talk is like popsicle stick jokes. Um, what is what does Scarlet Witch see in this guy, Josh? What does Scarlet know. Witch see in Vision? I don't know, man. Uh, he is. I guess he can change that girth. You know what I'm saying? I guess mm-hmm. he can. He can. If it's I, you know, he can reshape himself. I guess. I, I guess right. he is uh, not. He's. You know what you're gonna get. Oh, yeah, you definitely do. Until he goes all freaking Jeffrey Dahmer on your ass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think like you, you know where he's coming from. He's not going to be, he's not going to be emotive in the, or swing. You know, his pendulum's not going to swing. Right. Yeah, it well, does. But yeah. you're going to get this even keel sort of response from, I, I guess, like there's no surprises. Well, you, Maybe that's why you like. Uh, you're a big sci-fi guy, so you read. You've probably yeah. read a lot of stuff with like androids as the main character. Uh, and we've done on this show a couple of couple of books in the past where androids or robots have been the main character. Um, where do you think a pitfall in that is? What do you think that you know when we make a the main character a robot? Where do you think writers and storytellers often fall short in that? Well, I think that you can play you can you can lean too heavily on the I don't know what's going on around me sort of right. thing, right? And, and and maybe it can get too jokey or too you can maybe focus on that part of it too much. I, I think the other pitfall you might fall into with an Android is the idea of like how everybody has to deal with their emotionlessness. Right. And I think Tom King does a good job by making the vision, although very emotionless, the most like com- like he's the most normal out of his family, right? So he's no longer the the fish out of water, although he is. He's teaching the other robots how to live like that. You know what I mean? Yes, but in comparison, he looks he looks normal or yeah, like exactly. Yeah, yeah, and and so you you kind of leave that out by letting him be the most human android if that makes sense right or synthesoid whatever yeah, you want to call it he still uh Tom king still plays with those those uh fish out of water moments there's this great yeah. scene where they go out to dinner and the vision just tells them to bring the check in 45 minutes they order the food and the waiter comes out and he's like are you sure you don't want us to make the food you ordered he goes nope just bring me the check in 45 minutes and it's just <laughs> right. a bunch of robots sitting down like trying to assimilate into what like culture yeah, should be and they're having a conversation about ultron like their the granddad which is weird and he's like your granddad used to have the shiniest helmet and you're like oh <laughs> shit yeah it's it is it's but those moments i don't I, I there's just something about it that doesn't seem cliche in the way that he's writing it and it might be just because he's you know he starts um there's one one issue that starts with uh, the English teacher reading Shakespeare. Yes, Merchant of Venice. Yeah, Merchant the Merchant of, of Venice. Venice. Excuse me. And it is, it is, I, I don't. There's just time after time in this book where I'm just caught off guard that one, it happened at Marvel, and two, an editor was like, "Yeah, no, that's good. Start off with a long passage." over top of what you're doing of the Merchant of Venice. Yeah, for like <laughs> half an issue. Yeah, do it. That's great. And But you know what? It is great, but I'm just surprised that someone with, someone at the big two was like, yeah, you should totally do that. Make That's, that happen. Especially when this was right after The Vision has kind of made his debut in Marvel yes! movies. So it's like yeah. you think a book called Vision is like, we got to have him like blowing shit up. We got to get the kids like thinking he's a badass, you know? And then they're like, "Nope, let's let's target like a 30 to 40-year-old audience." You know? Let's, let's really make it domestic and weird. Let's can we do that? Let's make that happen. Well, I get a sense I haven't read any interviews or heard any interviews of Tom King talking about the Vision, but I get a sense I get a sense in this book that 
he had a story to tell, like almost like about like robots or wanted to use robots as a metaphor to to pontificate on on human issues. And yeah. and then it just so happened that he's like, I'll use the vision for this. Like I feel like this could have you take out the fact that he's the vision. This could have been a non-Marvel book about an, an android family, almost, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. You don't need... I mean, it helps to have the backstory that they, that he weaves in, but you could have told a story like this without it being the Vision, and they could have yes. just been a robot. So I you wonder definitely... if Tom King came to the... If he was a huge Vision fan and was like, oh, I want to I want to do a story with Vision, or he had a story in mind... Um, about androids or some kind of cybernetic family and then was like, oh, I can use the vision. Yeah, I, I don't know, but damn, he does a good job of it. Let me let me, let me me dive in. Let's talk a little about art, Travis. Most of the issues are drawn by uh, Gabriel Hernandez-Walta with that one issue by uh, by Walsh, Michael Walsh. Is it Michael, right? Yeah? Michael Walsh. I keep thinking we're, this is like the third time in like a podcast we bring up now to a no but isn't oh that's brendan walsh that's brandon yeah, that's, walsh sorry isn't michael walsh the guy from uh um oh man unsolved oh. mysteries oh i think so <laughs> is it no it's is it but it's I don't walsh. Know what the guy's name is uh from unsolved mysteries but yes michael walsh draws issue seven uh, so really, on twelve issues, you only have one fill-in issue, which is pretty spectacular. It's yeah. a pretty that's a pretty good run uh, for for um, you know King and uh, Walta to be able to put together this book and have you know Walta do most every single issue. And the only issue that's a fill-in is a wonderful. I always like when books do this. Like if you have to have a fill-in artist, that it's a flashback issue, mm-hmm. right? Or it's a or it's a side story. So you know we read. Um, uh, you know why the last man does this several times where you have to have a fill-in artist but the fill-in artist is on a a different tale right yeah that follows a, a different character or yeah yeah or yeah exactly a different character's journey yeah and so that's then you're like oh that's okay it's a different story um what did you think of uh walt's art did it fit the motif did it go well what, what were your thoughts on it well, here's the thing. For me, one of the things that has kept me away from like exploring Vision as a character or really like getting into that character, besides his emotionless, is his design. I hate the Vision's character design. <laughs> I can't stand it. Like I always time I see him, I'm like, ugh. It's just like someone sat down in like the sixties and was like just cobbling together what was cool about what like, let's give him a cape and let's make him you know red and let's put a thing in the middle of his head and so that was that's always tough me visually liking the character design of vision uh Uh so i thought that um what uh walter does here he does a really good job of kind of muting that by by designing the domestic life around him so i thought the blend of that what I always hated, the Vision's design, and then him being put into suits and things. It kind of tempered that for me. I still wasn't yeah. a huge fan of the character design of the kids or the wife. Um, but as far as the actual penciling, I really like the penciling uh, that Walta did. And, and I think that it, mixed with the coloring, it really does fit the, the whole suburban motif they have going here. Yeah, I really dig the the. I, Walt is a, a a great artist for this, right? Like, I the reason I don't read the Avengers is because I don't like Marvel House style. I, I just don't like it. That's why I don't read the Avengers. That's why I I, I haven't read an X Men book in a long time. They just there's just this very housey sort of style. The same reason I don't read a lot of uh, DC books. They just look meh. You know what I mean? Yeah. But this this has enough sort of indie flair with it. It's enough out there. Uh, it it is very much pencils, right? It's kind of it, Walt has like a very sort of sketchy feel to the way he draws stuff. Although, I mean, there are inks over it. It's still a very, I you know, I I don't know how to it's put un, it. Like, it's unpolished. It's unpolished. Yeah. At that point, but at, it, at, at in points, a good way. Yeah. Not unpolished, like it's not good, but unpolished, like it's not. 
it's not very it's not tight in a lot of places. But I really I really enjoy that. Uh, and then Jordi Belair just colors the shit out of everything oh, she does. Oh my god, she's so, good. so she's so good. If she could just color every book out there, uh, the comic industry would be if could uns- just color me bad. I would be really <laughs> really excited about that. But I really enjoyed the art, and I thought it was really good. Um, he does a really good job, and this is the thing: like with all of these characters, you don't have pupils. Oh right? yeah, 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 yeah. And Which so pupils are, yeah, yeah. Pupils are a key part to like help show emotion. But he does a really good job with by by doing like eye size a lot of the times on these on these androids to yeah, kind of yeah. show how they how they look. But he's still able to emote with just about everything else with these characters. And although they're supposed to be emotionless, he they do have some serious emotional swings, right? Like these robots do in, in this in this book and. He just he's a really good artist. I really enjoyed it. Um, but you had said that uh, Walsh was your favorite issue out of it. Why? Oh, what, I love it. What, I, w- I want to read. I just oh, I love it. What was it about I, Walsh that that changed it up for you that you well, were like, Bel-Air oh, man, does I, a nice like vintage color wash over it. That yeah. helps, too. <laughs> um, but I love I just love the I mean, Walsh. I, I love the even more pencils. I love the, you know, the sketchiness underneath the eyes, leaving the lines on the face. I love his Scarlet Witch. And there's my, one of my favorite three panels is, it's like Wonder Man leaning in to kiss the Scarlet Witch and, and visions coming out of the background. And it's just so, I mean, Wonder Man doesn't even have a mouth. It's just like a little line signifying a, a smirk. And, and I just, I just love it. I, I, it's just great. <laughs> I, I wish, I don't want to say I wish the whole book was like this because I don't know if that issue style fits the the tone of of some of the other parts of the book that yeah. that they're going for. But damn, damn, I would love to see an Avengers an Avengers book done by uh, Walsh. That would be great, and it had that Walsh, throwback feel to it. Yeah, Walsh does. Walsh did one. Uh, he did Secret Avengers, which was. Um... It it's Nick Fury and Black Widow's in it, and a couple other characters. It was it came out right when the Avengers TV show aired, or not Avengers, but the um, Shield TV show aired. Mm. Um, and when that book came out, I was like, dude, why isn't this book, the book that Michael Walsh was drawing, why isn't the, uh, why isn't this Avengers this Shield show, why isn't it this story? It was such yeah. a cool sort of like. Sp- he does a really good job. He did that. He did. Um, I think he. I think he did the um, the worst X Men book. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he's and, got, he's got it, this pulpy kind of style to him. That yeah, it's just yeah. vintage and pulpy, and I love it. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, I'm pretty sure he did worst X Men ever. Yeah, Walsh did worst X Men ever, and he does a great job drawing those classic costumes, right? Like Jubilee's in it, and you're like, "Oh yeah, a sweet old Jubilee costume." And his Beast is fantastic in that. He's a really good artist, and he has this sort of like sketchy throwback style that's really kind of fun. Um, so art overall really good. Love the coloring in it. Uh, what did you think of the overall sort of like? character development we kind of talked about it a little bit but what did you think did you get what you wanted out of this story yeah you know i i did i i again like i said i think the big thing for this book for me was there were so many opportunities with the writing to sit and ponder the metaphors that tom king is making so i wasn't I wasn't necessarily on the ride to figure out how this all ended and and who survives and who doesn't survive because those those little hints were dropped at the beginning of the first volume. Uh, I wasn't on the ride so much for that, but I was just enjoying the journey, the writing. Um, I am glad it was only two volumes. I feel like that allowed them to to make some some hard cuts at the end as far as who survives and why. Um, but I think that the character arc of Vision was good. I feel like at the end, though, there is still this idea of the Vision was going to kill, uh, what's his name, his his robot brother. Yeah, he was going to kill him. The only reason he didn't is because the wife stepped in, and then we kind of flash forward to his daughter and him, you know, surviving the the aftermath of his son and wife's death, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. 
we still got the problem that the vision went off you know off the leash and was going to kill this guy the yeah, avengers are like totally went rogue didn't do it it doesn't count the fact that you were just about to do it you know so that that like i'm like uh i i liked i liked i would have liked the end to maybe kind of uh at least consider the consequences that that vision must suffer based on the fact that he was going to commit this heinous crime yeah it, i just but but then you know there is this there's this flashback story where um the virginia gets to say how she did it right yeah how she's the one who you know i use the same process sometimes some months later after my son vin was murdered by the avengers spy uh to kind of like brainwash her husband right mm-hmm like I accessed his central's coding, oh, a privilege he had yeah, granted yeah, me. Yeah, you're right. You're right. By adjusting the code, I modified understanding of those events, and um, so I took control of my husband's free will and forced him to act right. as he never would have. Although none of that is at all true, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But it still gets him off the hook. It gets him yeah. off the hook with the Avengers. Yeah, and so, the, I man, there's so many, so many damn layers to this thing. Like, I there's no way we could talk about every single one of them, but there's. So much good stuff in here. Can I say that when I do dip my feet into the Avengers, whether it be like Civil War or reading for something, when I do dip my feet into that that field, I feel like every story is about them having to stop one of their own. I feel like the Avengers (laughs) are so good at like assembling to stop one of their own. Like in the... And they almost kind of make the joke of it. Like, it's almost like they have to watch each other. Like, we have a... Let's go. Right now, assemble. We got another one, you know, going rogue. That must Someone be exhausting. It must be exhausting being an Avenger. And, like, Cap- and Iron Man must be like, listen, I'm not that big of a dick. It just seems like I am because, like, I have to stop all my friends from doing stupid shit all the time. It would be like... He's like the babysitter of everyone. He's like, oh, my God. We lost... Someone else is gone. Someone else has been possessed or... Uh, you know, taken over by another life form or whatever it is. It's got to be exhausting being an Avenger. Yeah. <laughs> Always having to stop your, your, your friends. There are just so many things like that. That's just this sort of weird story. I guess like the Avengers, how many enemies do they have left to fight? So they just have to fight, fight each, other, each other, right? There's, there's extra drama when you have to fight one of your own, right? It makes it extra soap opery. Um, so here's what I don't know, Travis. Favorite panel, buddy. What's your favorite panel? Oh, I already kind of talked about both of them. One on the first volume was the dog head. Uh, (laughs) The dog brain being pulled out of the dog because it was just so unexpected in a Marvel book. Well, I mean, in least this, you know, with a a character like Vision who's been so Boy Scouty, you know, in all the renditions that I've seen of him. And then all of a sudden it's, it's very, like, just so dark. And you're like, I just stood, uh, sat on that page. I'm like, is this really the vision pulling out a brain of a dog? Like he's that he's cut up in like some butcher's apron. I go, ooh, yeah. this is good. And then yeah. my other one was the um, uh, the Walsh Wonder Man. It's a it's three panels that you know put together make one scene uh, in the Walsh um, fill-in, and it's Wonder Man talking to Scarlet Witch. And I just love I love how the coloring works with the the vintageness of the image. I love Vision coming through the wall. Uh, and I love the cheesy line that Wonder Man saying, these are the days of wonder. And then Vision walks in. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a very, very, very so good. fun. Yeah. What about um, you? Favorite think, panel? Favorite panel. Uh, there's a full page spread, and I had mentioned earlier, uh, it's also in that Walsh book. It's when uh, the Vision and his built wife are in bed, and their clothes are laid out perfectly at the foot of their bed on the little stool, and he tells her the joke about the toaster, right? Yeah, and they're in shadow, two, yeah. Yeah, two toasters are sitting on a counter. One toaster turns to the other toaster and asks, do you sometimes feel empty? Then the other toaster says, oh, my God, a talking toaster. Like, there's <laughs> just – just because it plays so well with the, with the beginning – that episode is that issue is so great because that's how it starts, right? And he starts off like Janet Van Dyne told me a joke recently. Would you like to hear it? Right? Like he's trying to be human with his human wife, but then he's trying to be the human 
later, right? He's he's not a human, but he's playing the part of a human to I don't know, man. This so damn deep this book. Oh, I know. Uh, but you could like sit that, and just like pick like page for page and be like, ooh, ooh. And what do you think this means? Yeah, yeah. And so that one, I think that's probably one of my favorite one of my favorite panels. Um, but then there's man, there's just so many. There's so many like good little things in in this book. Um, we didn't even talk about vibranium addiction. Yeah, <laughs> that so that apparently computers <laughs> they get high they, off of vibranium. <laughs> they need that vibranium, buddy. You gotta have it. Look at that vibranium. He's have. just holding it. He's just like, oh yeah, Look at the good stuff. Feels feels good to touch this vibranium. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you know what happens next? With I mean, they stop doing the vision, right? They stop doing yeah. this the the series. And is he is he currently in the Avengers right now in the in the comic world? Yeah, well, I know his daughter is in Viv is in uh, one of the Young Avengers book. It's not called Young Avengers, but she's she's hanging out with Miles Morales and uh, a couple other Nova and a couple of the young characters in her book. But yeah, he he's around. I think this is all just kind of like, oh, this happened. And now we're just doing what we have to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. The one thing that I thought, if you like, I want uh, as as we're flipping through this, at the very end of volume one is a picture of uh, Agatha talking to the Avengers, right? Like the Avengers are all assembled, mm-hmm. and I want a book where Walter does Spider Man because his Spider Man, like, on the very last the very last page of volume one, oh, Spider Man's yeah. like on the right hand <laughs> side, like. I desperately want a Spider-Man book by uh, Gabriel Hernandez Walta because that Spider-Man is fantastic. And then he shows up later in the second issue where he's where, where the second volume where you know he goes to fight the the Avengers. And I'm like, yep, nope. I I need a book. Uh, I need a Spider-Man book drawn by Walta. That would be that'd be fantastic. <laughs> I Josh, I'm gonna disagree with you on that one. <laughs> Really? It that looks Spider-Man like looks it looks great. like they took a graphic cell from like the 1970s Spider-Man cartoon yes, and just yes. like pasted it into the the shot. And that's uh, why it's so good. They, okay, it, I, I'll, I'll give you that. The Spider-Man is the best. That storm though. That storm does got got to go. <laughs> I like the storm too, man. I love I love his little Avengers pictures, man. There's something about it. I'm I like I'm a his fan beast. of I like his beast. His beast is good. His beast is good. His beast is good. I, his beast has its hair slicked back or it shaved its head. I don't know, but I I like it. I like his beast. Um, but he draws a good Nova too, man. His, I like Nova, his Nova. I like his Nova a lot. Yeah, his Nova is good. I don't. He's got this. He's got this knack for drawing. They, they look old school, but not too old school. You know what I mean? He gives good Nova. Uh, he gives good Nova. He's got some good Nova going on. I don't know, man. I like a Spider-Man. I don't tell you. I would read. I would read a Spider-Man by uh, by Walta. I you would hear that I totally... industry. Make it happen. Give me a Walta Spider-Man. Give me what I want. And but dude, the same. He shows up again, and there's like uh, Doctor. St- dude, he can do a good Doctor Strange too. Now that I'm now that I'm now that I'm relooking at the panels where he's fighting the Avengers. Spider-Man says "aw poop," and Spider-Man would definitely say "aw poop." And oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I kind, I kind of love that panel with uh, Squirrel Girl in the in the foreground, and then Spider Man leaning over Iron Man, saying "Oh poop,", oh, poop. <laughs> because the Vision says, "I will repeat, I do not require your cooperation in this manner." After he's like totally, oh, totally like three times, him. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Spider Man's just like, "Oh poop." It's, I do, it's, yeah, I do like that Spider Man, the back of Spider Man, where he's swinging down the vision. Yeah, that's, that's good, t- man. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good Spider Man. It's good Spider Man. He gives good Spider Man. <laughs> he gives good Spider Man. This guy gives great Spider Man. All right, so we started this off, and you said that you were a little bummed that we didn't have a guest on, and so I want to know who are you going to give these two volumes to? You've got them. Who are you going to hand them off to? Oh, I'm already give it to. I already message uh, uh, former guest Strawbridge. Who is oh, we talked about last week not liking the uh, Thor trailer, uh, but I was like, do you know anything about Vision? He goes oh, a little bit. I go, I didn't know much about it, but I got these two great volumes that are just no, whether whether you like Vision or not as a character does not matter. This no, is a yeah. great comic story, and I think I think since you if you like comic book if you're if you're following the Marvel Avengers movies, I think this will make 
people who don't read comics but are into like the the comic culture kind of take another look at the character and be like, you know what? Huh. Vision's <laughs> kind of a badass. Yeah, you know, I. It, and same thing. Like, I think I'm going to give this. I think I'm going to hand this off to Jeremy. Jeremy, a former guest of the show, he's been on before. I think I'm going to hand it off to him. I think he'd really enjoy it. Um, it is, and I, you know what? I think I'm also going to tell uh, our our pal of the show, Freddie, to read this bad boy. Oh yeah, Freddie would love um, it. Because we were doing the show, Freddie was actually at my house last week or two weeks ago, recording a. Uh, he's recording a short film, and so he used the front of my home for a murder scene. <laughs> so i'm sure the he neighbors was here, love that he was here from like five o'clock until 10 o'clock at night like with like a legit film crew and lights and stuff filming in front of my house a murder scene and so like another guest of the show andrea did like the the murder makeup or like the blood stuff because that she does like the horror effects yeah, makeup yeah, and yeah. stuff uh so she she did it she's like they were like we were trapped in our house for like five hours while oh, they were filming. You didn't leave yeah because they were filming in front of the house, like we could, we could, we could have left the back of the back house, door, but like yeah. they, they like they used one of our the room that I'm podcasting in right now was was a stand-in for a bedroom, and so one of the characters was like looking out the window of our office, and so like it's uh so they were in our in our house, and so we couldn't leave and like not you know because they had to get in and out and stuff like that, but uh I'm interested to see what turns out, and I think Freddie, I think Freddie would totally dig this. I think Jeremy would like it. I think Freddie would like it, and really I think. Anybody, even comic book reader or not, I might just hand this to Gabby. I almost made Gabby read it for the show. Um, but it being the end of the school year, she is far too busy for me to tell her to read two volumes of anything. <laughs> yeah. so Baby, come I on, could, please. He I gives probably good vision. Get, he gives great vision. I, the, he gives good Spider-Man in there. I think, oh, the, I think had, good had, it, had it been one volume, I could have got her to do it. But two volumes, she'd have been like, you guys, you know I have. You guys know I have a job, right? You guys know I have stuff I have to do. No, we don't <laughs> read this. Just, just read it. Just read, read it. it. Read it. All right, Travis Rats. We both would recommend this. Some, I think we've yep. got that. Yep, definitely, fantastic book. Really, Tom stealing King. Tom King is maybe like me, the top writer in comics right now. I mean, man, it's, it's, I, I am, mean, it'd be I'm, tough. To, it'd be hard pressed to find someone who can compete with him on. On his level right now. Just think, just think of what we've read. The last couple of things yep. we've done, we we've read this. We read his. We read the two little Batman, two little issue arc it. Batman, and we read uh, we read Sheriff of Babylon, man. He's and I read a the moment. Sec- He's having a moment, you, as they say. You sir need to get yourself the second volume of Sheriff of Babylon and enjoy the rest of the story. I'm going to. It is. It I is lo- great. I love this guy. I love him, Tom King. I love you. <laughs> ah, come here, Boogaloo. Mwah, mwah. I love you. Tom Kingo, we love you. So, so, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in to the Comic Exposure Podcast. Thanks for listening to us ramble on without a guest tonight about this fantastic book that you should go pick up. I really wish they'd put a hardcover out of this. I haven't seen anything about a, a full omnibus of this, uh, but you can pick up Volume 1 and Volume 2 uh, of Vision. Volume 1 is A Little Worse Than a Man. Volume two is little better than a beast, and damn, those are good titles, right? It's, like everything, everything about this is so freaking good. deep. Yeah, everything it's so good. It seems so effortless on his part. Is Tom King the new Brian Vaughn? I, he's good, man. I'm not. I'm not loving everything about the new Batman, but I think he's kind of hamstring because it's Batman sometimes. Yeah. Um, but when he when he hits man he hits really well it's it's super good so ladies and gentlemen go pick up this book go read it um you can find all of our old episodes all of our previous episodes all the stuff we've talked about on our website www.comicexposure.com you can follow us on twitter at comic exposure you can find us on facebook facebook.com slash comic exposure we're on the instagrams we are everywhere we are a giant media conglomerate uh, but not really uh, but ladies and gentlemen, go ahead and, and, and follow us. If you like the show, if you could give us a, a fine, wonderful rating on whatever podcast app you use, that helps people find out about the show. That helps us find find some folks. If you follow us on Twitter, tweet the show out, retweet it for us. Let people know that you're listening to Comic Exposure. Tell your grandma to listen to Comic Exposure. Tell your comic book pals to listen to it. Uh, whoever you got, tell them, find someone in the middle of the street and yell Comic Exposure at them. That's what I want. I yes, want you to do that. Violently. Okay violently 
grab them by the shoulders and shake them and say, listen to comic exposure. That's yep. what I want. We give That's good podcast. We give, we give good podcast. We give good podcast. Uh, Travis, you and I have to figure out what our next books are. Do we have yep. our books set? I don't we, need, we do? We need, to, we need to sit down and come up with a vision. We do, uh, a vision. We need we need our vision for the next uh, comic book club podcast. So I don't I don't want to say that you being in Japan has made that part of the podcast a little more difficult. I don't want to say that. We used to be far more organized about what books we were going to read. I don't want to put this on you. I don't want to yeah, put this on you. I see what you're saying. I'm not I'm not going to do that. Could it be <laughs> that we've got <laughs> It's like the next half hour of Josh and I bickering. <laughs> Good, good podcasting. Good radio. Well, if you right, like us a bickering, you can hear us bicker on every podcast. <laughs> and until then, Josh, we'll see you next trade. <laughs>